Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. Welcome to today's episode. We are all over the place today. Nutmeg was fully leading us. I started out talking about the Schumann residence and old patterns re-emerging and then quickly swung over to money scarcity in the collective of the horse community actually and then we slid right into buying selling horses and sort of what goes into that so hold on folks this is a wild one Hello, people. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, If you missed last week's podcast, we released our chat with Felicity Davies, which was super cool. Lots of intuitive, insightful information in there. So check that out. Today, we are going to have a conversation about what we do not know, but it's probably going to revolve around uh, how everything is fast tracked for everyone right now, how everyone is feeling super crazy um old stuff surfacing for a lot of people like I was talking with Amber um like a couple of days ago and I was like I just had the thought where I was like I don't want to do the podcast anymore and then I was like what yes I do I love the podcast why am I even saying that and she's like oh my gosh you need to look into the Schumann resonance and I was like okay what is that and it's like a little frequency that the earth emits like within its electromagnetic field and evidently it can be kind of like triggered or changed by lightning. Um, we don't exactly know everything about it. So we're not going to give you a lot of education on it. But if it interests you, Google it. Because there's a bunch of spikes and things happening in that energy. And lots of animals making their transitions right now. And lots of stuff going on where... Um, and I think Denise kind of talked with the Denise, the astrologist talked with Amber about how July is kind of a crazy month and how a lot of old stuff is coming up for us this month, which is so funny because I used to feel like I had commitment issues. And then all of a sudden I can't commit to our workshops and our podcast and all these things, even though I'm totally fine committing to them. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. What else do you have to add about the craziness of July? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's so funny because I was thinking about that um the awareness of like where people are and the way I'm moving through life because I feel like I get those insights from Denise monthly and she does it for my um my somatic journey breathwork membership and so I always feel like I'm a little bit more prepared than anyone that's not getting those monthly like I get to open up the newspaper and it's like here's how your month is going to go and then I plan accordingly. Like I was feeling like I needed to fast and like do a cleanse on my liver. But then I quickly realized when she told me what July was about, I was like, I don't know. Cause I've done that before. And a lot of anger and a lot of other things were clearing. And I was like, it kind of sounds like July is going to be wild all on its own. So maybe I'll just stop drinking and force myself to hydrate. <laughs> That's what my liver gets this. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's just, if you are aware of this stuff, you can watch it and then let it pass through. And then knowing that's what everyone that I'm like 
co-creating things with is going through where it doesn't like knock me off and make me feel away. Right. Like, you know, um, my old stuff could have been triggered by you going, I don't know if I want to do this. I could have gone into, oh my God, my abandonment issues. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, no, it's just July. You'll, you'll be fine. I can do my own thing. And like, we can revisit it in like August, but like, it's, you know, and it's like, oh wait, oh wait, no, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so it's like the important oh, no. <laughs> having people around you that like, that understand the other person, I guess, in co-creation relationship. And then like also having a like really like backed out vision of what this month was entailing. And I was like, everyone around me is like, ah. um, so I feel like I'm just can hold space for myself and other people better because I know that's what's happening this month. Um, so yeah. Also, I decided to make all those like life changes and big investments in myself simultaneously in July. So I was like, oh, okay, I will not freak the fuck out. I will not. I will hold it together. Even if it's like titrating in each moment between like lack and then scarcity, lack scarcity. It's like, I was talking to a client earlier about the piece of just being aware, you know what I mean? Of the old patterns resurfacing and how easily your mind can just like slip back. And I, I, there was like a coach that gave a metaphor about a ski slope and how, when people like ski in the same spot over and over, like you can get sucked in really fast. Like that's how those like neural pathways in your brain work. So those old habitual thoughts or the patterns that you have, um, are there and they're so ingrained. So even though like your life is different, like I have money saved up right now to be okay, but my mind keeps wanting to go into that little groove and being like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make money? Strive, strive, strive. And it's like, whoa. So it's constantly recognizing when you're in that old pattern and then pulling yourself out of it and being like, but what is actually true? And give your nervous system time to catch up with what your reality is as you're going through stuff. Cause I feel like the people that listen to this are in a space of growth. Like everyone in our tea house, it's like, yeah, it's fun. But like everybody is in this space where they're trying to expand and understand and, um, and shift like where they've been and have that piece happen with their horses, of course. But, um, so I feel like that understanding of like, oh, I'm in my little groove and not making a big deal out of it and just being like, oh, but what's true for me right now? And like pulling yourself like back out into the powder. I don't ski, so I don't know if that's what people want to do, <laughs> but it sounds right. It sounds, sounds legitimate. <laughs> Uh, it just reminds me of the Grinch when he's like, the sun is out and the powder's bitching. <laughs> yeah, I feel like honestly, money is such a like interesting topic. It's such a sticky topic for like so many people, especially in the equine industry, like um, what we should set our prices at, what we should spend our money on. And there's been like this lifelong, you know, if you want a horse, you'll never become a millionaire. If you want a horse, they can just eat your money and whatever. Like that's what everyone says around horses. And there's like this collective consciousness mm. that horses spend all of your money. But yes. it's so funny. Because, yeah. It's a thing, mm -hmm. like a total collective consciousness. And I've been thinking about that lately because I'm kind of in the same space as you where I feel like I'm like 
okay, but then I have this scarcity mindset sometimes. And I'm like, where the heck is that coming from? And knowing that like, I choose to spend the money that I choose on my horses. And I think if we have like a certain energy behind it, so like when it feels good to spend money on them, like spend money, buy the hoof boot. That's what I just bought, bought like $400 worth of hoof boots. And like, I couldn't do it for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait until this really feels right to me. And like, this feels like something my horses need. I'm going to ask them because a lot of times too, we buy stuff for them and it's really for us. And that's where that, that's, I feel like that's where that scarcity ends up coming from. They're not asking for it. Everyone's like, oh, your horses are so expensive, but really you're buying all that shit for you, all your saddle pads and stuff like that. So <laughs> I feel like when the horses are actually involved with like the process, but I don't know money. That's like such a, a good topic. Hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear you say it that way, where there is this, I was just talking about this yesterday on a call with, um, a coach of mine where, and we've even talked about it, like me, you and Tara and Celeste and Catherine, um, around the clinic. And it's like, there is this collective, we didn't talk about that. You just brought that up, which made my brain do this. But like, there's so many memes, right? Like I'd go on vacation, but I have horses or, and it's like, who decided, who decided that if you have horses, you have to be broke. It's so weird because can, I mean, I know that's not the entire, well, it's not, first of all, it's not true because if you have horses, you have to have money. Like there's just no way around that. Like you're freaking expensive, but we don't have to exchange them for other things you know what I mean like we and talking about like our belief systems are at the root of literally everything our relationships with other animals with people with money um with our experiences like our life is just a physical manifestation of what our belief systems so if we have the belief that we can't do anything I'm only saying this because this is mine (laughs) just recently realizing how much it is coursing through my veins is that I say it all the time. I have three horses and a half. I have three and a half horses, you know? And so when I said, I'm going to stop training, taking training horses in, and I'm going to shift and see what I can create space for, you know, it's like, I'll hear my mom say, um, well, you know, if you didn't have three horses, you would be sitting pretty good. Like you could be going on those vacations. You could be going first class. You could be doing all of these things if you didn't have them. So even people that aren't necessarily in the horse world, right? It's just been said to me so many times, even growing up, the reason I didn't just go be a horse trainer because in second grade, we had a little microphone go around and we made a cassette tape (laughs) for our parents. And there was lots of different sections. And one of the sections was, what's your name? What do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a teacher or a horse trainer. Well, how come that wasn't an option when I got to the end of high school and my parents were like, horse, horses are really expensive. You need to get a job that can pay for your horses for your expensive hobby. And I was like, no, I want to go be a horse trainer. I will. So it's like, for a long time, that's been just reinforced, right? And it's just weird to hear you say, because it feels so true, that there is a collective lack and scarcity 
mindset around money and people's horses. Obviously not everyone, because there are people out there just bougieing up <laughs> with their horses and, and the lifestyle. Like I'm not saying everyone, but I think probably the majority of people are kind of in that like, oh gosh, but I have horses. So it's so interesting you say that. I know. And I'm in this space right now, of course, because bro left and I've never, I haven't actively looked for a horse since I got Kip, my first horse, like 12 years ago now. Um, like I just don't, I've never, I mean, Biggie came to me after Dover died and then bro, I got, um, like that was literally like a split second decision. Like he just like came into my life. And it's funny. Cause I find myself in this space right now wanting to actively look for another horse which I have literally haven't had in like a fucking decade and I'm like why am I like looking for horses and I'm like well I did ask the universe to kind of pull me out of my funk because I was feeling like the lack in my barn and just like I don't know like my herd isn't totally and maybe it's coming from them too because I always feel like when I talk to horses that are in a herd of three one's always left out and it's like sad for them and like right now my herd looks pretty good. So I don't know that that's the case, but they're not playing together anymore. So who knows? But so I'm like actively looking. And then I was telling a friend of mine the other day, like, I'm not like desperate for a horse. I'm not really, really trying to find one, but it's kind of fun. Like, it's kind of fun to like actually have that mindset and look and like, see what other people have to offer and what, and it's wild too, because like there's horses for like, free and then horses for like a hundred thousand dollars and they're like all like right like different ranges and stuff and I think that's funny too like the market like how people what people place like the value that people place on their horse and what they believe like I was literally just showing Amber before this call that there's a horse on one of the thoroughbred websites and he has a massive hole uh right where the girth and the stirrup bar would go for an English saddle huge hole and they want five grand for him and they think he's an upper level potential he's only raced like four times and it's just wild to me like what people will say about like what they believe the horse should do and will do for you. And also the, the monetary value that they'll place on them. It's so crazy. But anyway, long winded story to say that I haven't bought a horse in a really long time. So the thought of buying a horse is bringing up all of this, like all of these weird feelings. Like I'm like buying a horse feels frivolous. Do I like, does I don't think it's do I deserve to buy a horse, but I'm like, why would I buy one when I could get a little broken freebie who I'll love forever? And then I'm like, but what if my like dream horse is this like $4,000 baby that I'm looking at? No, I've never spent that much money. And it's just kind of funny to see like the ebb and flow of where I'm at right now. And like thinking about spending money on a horse, because that hasn't really been a thing that I've had to look at in a long time. Yeah, I feel like the first horses I actually bought were my two. Um, actually, that's a lie. I bought Flirt and the guy wanted $10,000 from as a four-year-old. He was green, but he's got good breeding and he is pretty talented. Um, is, not was, but he was in his prime. He was like four. And um and it was so interesting because he wanted 10 grand for him. And I was like, 
that doesn't even make sense to me because I'm literally the only one that's written him consistently since he'd been started and I was really green in the cutting. And so we went, um, so I, I gave him my budget. My parents had loaned me the money. We had a whole business contract where I was going to show him and the plan was to resell him, which obviously did not happen. But so when we, um, I went and I offered him what my parents were like, this is how much you're going to offer because they're both business people. Right. And I was like looking at the market and looking at all the things. And I was like, okay, he's not worth 10 grand for Shirzies. And they were like, you know what, we're actually just going to take him up to the sale that we have. It's the, um, red bluff bull and gelding sale. And they have a lot of nice horses, ranch horses. They have very high standards. The horses they'll let come into the auction. So he's like, we're just going to do that. And I was like, oh my God, I messed up. Oh no. So somehow I convinced my mom to go to the auction with me, drive all the way up. It was like five hours, six. I don't remember. It was a lot of hours. Drive up there with me and um, bid on him. And she definitely took the paddle from me because I had ridden him for six months and loved him. And so this was like the first horse that I ever looked at. And, and I had had free horses, right? Horses that had been given to me because, you know, they were trying to kill little kids in the lesson program. So, and I had lesson horses. And so I had had that experience of getting horses. I knew that at any point in time, I could be like, I need a horse. And people were like, oh gosh, here, take mine. And so this was my first experience. And so we get to the auction and I even have it on video somewhere. But it was so stressful because there were so many people bidding on him. And I was like, at all costs. <laughs> I was about to, because I was in the moment. You know, it wasn't like I was sitting quietly in my house, having a phone conversation and trying to like negotiate a sale. It was like, it is now or never. <laughs> and it was like urgent. And all of a sudden, all of the things that like I believed about spending money on a horse were gone. And it turned into like straight competition. Because there were, uh, there were three other people that were going back and forth with us. And I was like, oh my God, like this is no one expected. It was very stressful. But I still ended up getting him under the actual price that we were going to pay when we went up there. And But that, that experience was just so, I don't even know why I shared that story. It was wild though, because there was that like trepidation and that like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Until I got into that moment and all the shit went out the window. <laughs> and I was like... I'll pay for the rest of my life. I'll pay him off forever. <laughs> I want him so bad. So the emotional wave just like came. So moral of the story, don't go to an auction. <laughs> Even if it's a nice one, don't end up there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was going to go to an auction on the 28th, actually. <laughs> Maybe that's why that story came out. <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> or be very emotionally prepared. Have somebody very stable with you and don't let them give you the paddle <laughs> and have a number you'll stop at. That's all I got. I and thank God I don't live closer to you. That's for sure. I know. And especially because I love gambling. So like, I <laughs> oh, that's right. I would literally just be like, yes, yes. <laughs> I've been saving up for this. So yeah, maybe I shouldn't go because I don't want to get attacked. But um. Yeah, it's so funny that you talk about like being in that moment too, because both of my horses that like really, really like kind of changed a lot for me, like Kip, when I went to see him, he galloped up to the fence. Well, there was this mare that I was supposed to be going to see and um, she was super broken. And so I was like, well, I'm already here. Like, let me just check out who else you have. He galloped up to the fence. I was like scared walking him into the barn. So he was like jigging and rearing and being a psycho. 
And then I put him in the cross ties and went to like take off his leg strap of his blanket. And he was like, Hey, and like kicked out at me. And I was like, Oh my God, like what the hell? And, and then he was so body sore. He was so ulcery. I took my sister-in-law with me and she's like, that could be something or it could be not like there's a lot of gambles with him. And I was like, I want to get on him. So I like got on him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I took a gamble, got on him. Um, walk trot cantered him both directions in a saddle that didn't fit, um, in their driveway, like on like their little gravel driveway. And when I went to put him away, he bit me and then he (laughs) tried to kick me again. But it was so strange because despite all of that, I felt so safe with him. I was like, I love him. I freaking love him. Like he was off in the right hind. He was all fucked up. And I was like, he's the best thing I've ever seen. And I'm going to have to take him home. I thought I love him. And everyone was like, all right, well, you know, my husband was like, you do you, man. And my sister-in-law is like, look, it could be nothing or it could be something ended up being something. You guys, moral of the story. There was a lot of some things in that horse, but he changed a lot for me. And I totally felt like in that moment, I was like, no, I have to have him. Like, I'm going to come up with the money. And I like, I'm like, I have to let this at like my application better be approved at this rescue because I have to have him. And then with bro, it was the same thing where like I went to see him and he was so big and so scared that I was all, like, I didn't even want to lead him. I was like, Oh God, like this horse is not in his body. He's like, so sketchy. I feel like he could bulldoze over me at any minute, put him on the lunge. And he was so fucking wonky and like spooky and just kind of like flying around with his head in the air. His eyes were like huge. You could see like the whites around his eyes. And his person like looked at me and was like, so what do you think? And I was like, I'll take him. <laughs> Love him. So I totally get that sentiment where you're just like, I love this horse. There's something about him and I'm going to like take them home at all costs. So I guess I need to wait for that feeling again. This is a great conversation for me because I was looking at that horse. Well, here's the problem. (laughs) I was looking at that horse with a hole in his side and I was like, I love him. And he's got like the polka dotted sock. And I'm like, oh God, like you need to be realistic. I look at his like equibase and he's inbred to the fucking nines on like every thoroughbred ECVM, like ass backwards breeding that you could do. And then I'm like scrolling on his face and I'm like, I love him. I love him. I don't see any other breeding. I don't see any of this. And I'm like, don't let yourself fall into that. (laughs) And maybe that's... That's that like old pattern though too, right? It's like, okay, of course, if you had an infinite amount of land, you and many others would fall in love with every broken broken creature that seemed like I could give this horse all of these things and bring them all in. But if you start to think about what would be really fun for me and becoming coming back into that receiving mode. Like, what do I deserve? You know, um, I want something I can get on and ride. You know what I mean? That maybe everything's going to have their things, right? Like all the stuff is going to come up no matter how healthy the horse you buy is, but maybe starting out with something that like, (laughs) that is like pretty healthy. And like, I deserve a horse. I deserve to spend the money on a horse that I know is sound that mentally looks like he's there that like, we could go actually just relax and have fun with, and I can enjoy versus 
there's all these things I have to figure out and it needs all this support. And I'm going to give, give, give to you when you shift into that, like, I'm ready to receive from a horse that doesn't need so much support from me, or I don't assume they need so much support for me. Or maybe there's something in there about that. Yeah, that's such an interesting thought because I haven't had that in so long. And even in the horses that I've kind of like inquired about, I've always been, I'll be like, yeah, um, I haven't ridden consistently in at least like five years because I haven't had a horse that like can be ridden consistently. And I don't normally reach out about the sound horses. So I'm not even really sure what I'm supposed to be asking (laughs) you. And then I'm like, can I get a video of your horse? And then I watch the video and I'm like, what am I even supposed to be looking at? Because that's another thing that's kind of hard for me is like, you're judging this animal off of like a moment in time. And also the lessons that they have for their current person is not what they're going to have for me. So their entire personality is going to change. Their entire body is going to change. Like that's why it really freaking cracks me up when people are like, I was sold this horse under false pretenses. I'm like, no, bitch, (laughs) you just have different lessons and different energy and your horse is aligning to that. Like there's no false pretenses. This horse (laughs) might've been perfect for this other person. That's what they aligned with. Your energy is leaky. And that is why your horse is aligning with that. So like, I like struggle with that too, where I'm like, I see this horse that's like perfect. And I'm like, how do I even choose one if it doesn't come to me? Because like all of this shit's going to change anyway. How can I even buy a horse off of like a video or whatever? (laughs) Well, maybe it's just the intention, right? It's like, if you're intending to find a horse that is pretty sound and you're actually looking at ads with sound horses and not looking at ads with horses that, you know, like project or baby or whatever the intention behind I am ready to receive a horse that can have minimal things for me other than I'm going to have the experience of being able to receive enjoyment from a sound horse that you know what I mean like the intention behind when you search even could bring and shift like everyone not just you but in general could maybe even shift what shows up for you you know what I mean uh, yeah, it definitely could. And I'm writing that down right now on my little whiteboard. And when we get off of this call, I'm going to write down 10 things that I want in a horse and I'm going to put it on my wall. <laughs> but then it's kind of funny because my husband was like, are you searching for a horse with an empty heart or like, is your heart full with your current horses? And I was like, no, I'm perfectly happy with what's in front of me. And he's like, why are you searching? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I guess it's kind of fun or like, I'm not really looking for one, but maybe I'm just putting it out into the universe or maybe my horses are guiding me to do it because anytime I really think about it, I'm perfectly happy with the herd that I have. So I don't really know why I'm searching for them. But anyway, anyway, don't want to make this about me, you guys, but there's a lot going on over here. Well, I also feel like it's just curiosity, right? Like you're not being shut down to the idea of, I think people will help a horse transition and then they get weird or an animal of any kind. And then they get even humans, right? When someone passes and people want to get into another relationship. You know what I mean? It's like, there's this weird stigma around, oh, wow. You know, like not to be creepy, but wait till the body is cold. You know what I mean? Like people, that's an actual thing people say. So there's this weird idea that if you get something or get into another relationship or get a puppy or whatever it is, 
too quickly after something has transitioned, it means something about you. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that it's cool because you're open and curious. You're not shut down. You're not stuck. And you were talking about, well, I wanted to be, I wanted to kind of be pulled out of like the rut I was in. Well, I think that's what that is. You know what I mean? It's like, you're just open and curious and coming out of that space of, you know, I think if you were searching and you were obsessing and you were going and looking at things that were obviously going to be major projects, I would be like somebody, I don't know, Donna, she needs an intervention, like somebody that's in her physical space that can stop her. Like somebody needs to stop her because, so I think it's different. I think the energy behind it's different. You know what I mean? You're not like obsessively searching for the thing to fill the hole and the void. It's like, oh, there is space. And, you know, I wonder what's out there. I think it's different. I think you're fine. <laughs> Anna might not be a good option because oh. <laughs> I want to. Go- oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah she's like sending me the Mustang stuff. And like, I want to go see my saddle fitters babies um, on Sunday. And she's like, what we could do is go see the wild horses that are up there. Um, Cause she's like, um, in Knoxville, Tennessee, she's like, what we could do is go see the wild horses up there, have lunch. We could pick out a Mustang, go see the babies. And then Mustang can come straight to my house. I could gentle it for you. And then my purpose will be fulfilled. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, okay, here I am back to the whole, uh, I need to manifest a riding horse and <laughs> not exactly sure what that looks like. And maybe that's why, um, all of this stuff is coming to surface. Cause I'm like, what is a riding horse and what do I even want to do with horses? Do I still want to ride English or do I want to try Western? And then I'm like also going to register Chico to do mini horse shows. So I'm like really in a weird space right now, but Chico, like I've talked to a couple of people on like the, like the equestrian page. Like I posted him and I was like, my mini's wasted potentially freaking fabulous. Like he's got great confirmation and I like, I sent like a couple of people like his pictures and they were like, oh my God, you need to register him. There's a couple of local shows. So who knows? I might become a mini horse shower. <laughs> I feel like those people quickly shift. Those people, mini people <laughs> quickly shift into hoarders because they're so small and you can collect them very easily. So I just stay grounded. <laughs> I just see you going to mini horse shows and then coming home with like four. Well, they all fit in the trailer. <laughs> you just put them in. There's plenty of room. They're tiny. <laughs> oh my God. That actually could happen, but it can't because my mini is a magical unicorn. He doesn't get muzzled and he's on 10 acres of grass and he <laughs> like, he's, he's magical. His teeth are perfect. His feet are amazing. He has no like conditions. Confirmation is great. But yeah, you're right. It's totally. And then, you know, here's what's so funny too. Cause I was like, oh yeah, it'd be so fun to show. I got all the information. I'm like, okay, I'll register him. I'll do all of this. What does my mind immediately go to? Great. Now I'm going to have to vaccinate him. He could get a disease. He could get sick from there. Like, am I really doing the right thing by taking him off property and putting him at risk health wise? And then I'm like, why would you go there? Why am I thinking that? (laughs) That's so funny, but it is interesting that you don't have those expectations around him ever being a riding horse. And if he was Mm -hmm. big sized, he could probably be a perfectly sound riding horse for you. You know what I mean? Like, but 
there is that like lack of the other things that come around horses that are like riding horse size <laughs> you know what I mean like he's like the perfect little unicorn he can be on all the grass he you know his teeth are per- all the things are perfect and he's like but he's little so I can't ride him so it's fine and it's like how can we like pull that energy that you have towards Chico and funnel it into the like great wide bring me my horse and have the exact same experience but in a horse that is of riding size <laughs> and of course dark bay and of course, Dark Bay. Well, what I did was I done fucked up. And that's how I got Figgy because I used to put a lot of energy into saying if Chico was a big horse, he would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I was like, he, because Chico is like impatient. He's pushy. He's oh, a God. little killer. Like he's a space invader. All the things that I did that I don't like, like what I value about Kip is that he doesn't like being touched. Cool. Me either. He's like kind of moody. Awesome. Me too. Whereas Biggie is always like in my personal space. He wants to be scratched all the time. We spend a lot of time like setting boundaries and stuff. And that's exactly how Chico is. Chico will scratch his ass on the stall guard and bust out and eat all the cookies. And like, that's how Biggie is. So it's kind of funny because for years I said, if Chico was, thank God Chico's not a big horse. Cause if he was, he would be so annoying. And then that like manifested Biggie, I swear. <laughs> so okay, yeah, okay, okay. maybe if I, I didn't know all the things. Yeah. I didn't know all the things about him. I was speaking strictly to, to the physicals. So maybe you have to have. Oh, like no, that. Great. <laughs> so funny. Oh, mini horses. <laughs> so yeah um so if you guys listening know of a horse that wants to come and live with me and be a riding horse that is sound and somewhat I like to say that my favorite horses and I think this is why I like thoroughbreds because I always say spooky but willing that's like my favorite horse when they're like spooky but willing but yours are kind of like that and they're four horses they're cow horses that's why they're just hypervigilant it's like I say it all the time because I was riding with somebody and we were talking about because they're bred to almost have like these predatory instincts where they're like tracking and pushing and chasing another animal but then they're still prey animals so the wires are bound to get crossed so oh I was talking to Heather about it and it's like they're gonna be a little quirky you know what I mean because and if you understand them then it's fine and the conversation we had too was the people that say hey I'm having a trail confidence clinic this weekend and a lot of people I've heard them and will come to me and say I want this horse I want him to be good on the trail I want him to be quiet on the trail that's what I'm working for and while I don't think it's impossible to get horses more confident in those situations Sometimes that's just not the horse. Like mm-hmm. my horse has been on miles and miles and miles and miles for years. And I've owned him his whole life. And he's still, when we get on the trail, he's freaking pumped. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, yes, like wants to walk super fast. I have to like leg yield him to like get him back in his body. And then he kind of like, will balance out. It doesn't matter how long we've gone or how long we've been on the ride. Or if he sees a deer, like. Oh, and we talked, I forgot about this. If he sees a deer like miles away, he's like, deer, you know, and it's like, cool, thanks, buddy. And then, and we go. 
But I was talking to Heather who has ranch horses and she's like rocks and fallen trees. And I was like, dude. So I had to tell her about my forest experience. But she's like, that's the thing is people bring horses to her clinics, my whatever. And they're like, I want this to be the thing. And she's, well, maybe that's not, you know, why, why do we expect our horses to change and mold their entire personality to become what we need? Like we can train that into them. And I'm like, that horse, that little gelding, my little red dragon will never be, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be the horse that I pull out and that he's just quiet on day four of being in Truckee. I get on him and he's quiet. You know what I mean? Um, but unless I'm doing that every day, like that's just, and I think the willingness to accept the horses for who they are and go, if this isn't the right horse for you, it's not the right horse for you. I don't find it to be a problem because you know, whatever he explodes underneath me. I just know who he is, his personality. And so that idea of, you know, so yeah. So those horses, the like spooky, but willing, it's almost like there's just so much energy <laughs> like bubbling around, but it doesn't mean they're nervous. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. hypervigilant, sensitive, but not scared about it is like a different vibe that they have, you know, like, and when you say spooky, it feels like fearful, but it could just be super sensitive and alert but not like worried. They're like, what, what's that? What are we doing? What's happening? You know, and that's kind of what it feels like to ride them. And they're so happy to work. Like they want to go work. They want you to push them. They want the pressure. They like all of that. So it makes them like fun to be around, but they are definitely not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I feel when I like describe that. That's how I feel Kip is. He's like very hyper vigilant, and he's not he will spook at things on like all four legs. And then I swear he like laughs. He's all <laughs> just kidding. All right, let's go. Like he just totally, you know, is like aware, which is so fun to know that you're on like a horse like that. Like that's going to be the horse that's never going to fall in a hole and never going to like run into something or, you know, they are just like super aware. So yeah, that's fun. And then you have the people who love like the super quiet, slow, like kick ride, like very unaware. And I think it's so funny because those horses, like when I talk to the horses that are like a little bit like slower, they always just say that they're really thoughtful. And there's a reason why they like end up with people who are more scared, you know, like the more timid rider ends up with like the slower horse, like they're attracted to them because like those horses really do like think about every little thing that they do and like personal space and stuff. Whereas like our horses, they're like act now and like, think about it later. And we'll figure out if that was okay for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they know we get bored easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How fun. I have no, I have no idea how long we talked, but me either. I don't know. I, how do you feel? You feel good? I think so. I feel complete. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us on our full-on squirrel-led <laughs> episode. I feel like there might have been a little bit of structure to that, but maybe. There might be a theme. We'll have to think about it to try to even name it, but thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah um and so we have lots of exciting things actually in the works 
Um, we have a 21 day, because we've clarified, vision quest that we are going to launch that you can do with your horse. Um, but to be able to do it for this first round, you have to be a member and you get a fatty discount for it for being in our beta. So there's lots of perks to that piece. Also, we have our, I think at the end of the month, I think it's like the 29th or the 25th or something. Um, is it a margarita Monday one? Did I make that yeah. up? Is it? Oh, that's exciting. Um, it's like normally our tea party. It's our Q and a that we do. We did a circle last time, just kind of feel into the energy of it before we do it. And then we'll tell you, but it's always cool and fun and great and supportive. And our book club that we have that we've started reading, we'll have the authors on. And of course, all of our guests that you guys have access to join the calls with us, ask questions directly to, or in the chat. And then we ask them for you. Um, so yeah. I'll put the link in the show notes and we will see you guys next week. See you later.